Welcome back. Welcome back, Ashy Knuckle fam. We got a year in review podcast for you today. We got, we'll talk a little bit about the last couple of weeks we missed. We, you know, had vacation, Christmas, all that good stuff. And there was two cards in between that. We had two title fights on the pay-per-view card. We'll review that and go over our picks for UFC 269. Um, cover some of the action in that one. Very good action. And there was UFC uh, fight night with uh, Chris Dawkins taking on Derek Lewis. We'll go review. We'll go with that one. Talk about the Bilal Muhammad versus Wonderboy fight in that on that same card. And then go over a little little year in review treat. Get some fighter of the year action. Get knockout, top three knockouts, top three subs. Get some opinions, some thoughts on the year that we had in mixed martial arts in 2021. I'm your host, B. Woods. I got my boys with me as always, Marky G. Yo, yo, yo. And last but not least, the one and only. The mighty Mo. What's up, Moses? Hello, um, Mosey P. Yes, sir. We got some treats for y'all. Like we we got UFC two sixty nine. Um, wow that that card when they when the UFC puts on a year in event, they they load it up. And I will say that this is one of the times where we got what we paid for. Every fight lived up to the hype. There were some good moments, some great moments, some life-changing moments, and an overall very entertaining card. I had a good time. I really thoroughly enjoyed it top to bottom from early prelims all the way up to the main event. I thought it was magnifico. That thing was a beauty. Mo, uh, what do you, what'd you think? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. This this card was they loaded it up. It's kind it kind of sucks though because we got like a whole month just about without no fights, and we've been spoiled all year with like a fight every weekend just about, and now we got all these weeks of nothing. But this card, yeah, every fight. Man, especially on the main card, every fight could have been a headliner for a fight night at least. And it delivered. You got some spectacular moments from a lot of fighters on this one. Yeah, there wasn't a boring moment on this card at all. From the early prelims to the main card or main event, <clears throat> there wasn't a time where it was boring. I think we were on the edge of our seats most of the time. And you know, that's the way you want to end the year. I think we started the year with a bang, and we're ending the year with a bang. Perfect way to go. I couldn't think of a more fitting way to end the year. Um, I was on the edge of my seat, out of my seat, on the floor at times. It was There was a lot leading up to this whole event, and one of the more polarizing figures in mixed martial arts right now is uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, he took on um, is it Julian Paiva? How, how, how do I say his name? 
I'm sorry, I'm butchering my boy's name right now. Even more Could than be Raulian. Fight. Raulian. Yeah. I'm just Uvian Paeva. Let's just go with Paeva because we know we're gonna All right, let's just give him well. Name. I don't I wanna disrespect my boy. I mean, to be fair, I picked him to win. I'm not I wasn't quite sold on the O'Malley hype train. I'm all aboard now. Um I'm I i would not say I'm sold as far as like him being a champion or anything like that. I still have a, a, a little bit I still have my doubts. But I'm only I'm on a hype train as far as his star power and his ability to, to move the needle. He got into some some jawing back and forth with Cody Garbrandt before this event, and both guys ended up having a match on this. Like, ended up having a, some pretty memorable moments on this card. Uh, but just jumping into Sean O'Malley versus um, Paeva, that fight was to me. I saw. Um, I thought this would be a a, re- a much closer fight. Than it was O'Malley steamrolled, KO looked good, looked sharp, looked crisp. Everything that you expect from a young, um, up and coming superstar. I think this is the last fight of his contract, so now he he has the bargaining chips to get a nice nice deal and keep it moving. He's in. He's now. I think was it, is O'Malley now in the top ten? No, 15, he's, not. Uh, he's number twelve. Number twelve. So right outside. On the outside looking in, top ten. Yeah, he can get some. He, there's some good fights to be had, and um, he can make some money. He's a he's a needle mover. He can get he, he can get people behind him, and you know, obviously, he got the trash talk. He has the look, and he's putting together some highlights. He so, brings the eyes. He brings the eyes from uh the the younger generation, like the YouTube, the Twitch. That following, he brings it with him. So, depending on who he fights next, might be very intriguing. Because right above him is Frankie Edgar, and I hate to see Frankie get knocked out again. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Even though I think Frankie would be a very difficult test for O'Malley, that that's a rough one. And, you know, after all these months of hate, I will give him a little respect because he did quite well and he took control of that fight from start to end. So I'll give him a little respect on his name now that he can actually be considered a ranked fighter. Maybe five years ago, I have that. I feel that way about Frankie Edgar giving uh, O'Malley a challenge or giving making it a tough fight, but at this point, I said this um, when I covered the the um, Frankie Edgar versus Cheeto Vera fight. I just don't think I think it's just his time's over, and that just comes there comes a point in and where in every fighter's life that the game just passes you on. We saw it with guys like BJ Penn, and they they kind of hung around a little bit longer than. They should have, and they got some losses that, you know, maybe they wouldn't get earlier in their careers. But, uh, I mean, I don't think that makes him any less of a legend. I still think that BJ, BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar are both legends of the sport. But at this point in their careers, um, at, this, at this point in Frankie's career specifically, I don't think – I think O'Malley steamrolls him and makes another highlight real knockout. I don't think it would be competitive. I think it would be – it's a name, 
And while O'Malley isn't, you know, a household name at this point, he is a, a, a shooting, a budding star in the sport. And I think this is a, a this would be the kind of fight that if Frankie's not already retiring, this is a, a fight that would send him off and kind of do a changing of the, you know, change of hands of stardom, give, you know, a name, another name under O'Malley's belt, probably provide him with another highlight real finish and get his ball rolling with his new contract. I think uh, it should be Cody Garbrandt because they already got something to build off of right there after the press conference for the last pay-per-view. And it sells itself, really. You got the former champion of uh, this division going against uh, this new up-and-coming colorful character. Makes sense. Uh, I, I think that died with Cody's loss, to be honest. Uh, you know, Cody's like what lost his last six fights. <laughs> I don't think it was. It might be that many, but he's got one in there somewhere. <laughs> he's got like one win in there. That amazing uppercut, but Cody just doesn't have the chin anymore. And if he goes against anyone that's technical striking, I just don't see that as a winning fight for him like he's just i think cody needs to start looking in other venues like what what he needs to do with his career otherwise he's gonna start looking like tyron woodley soon i i like the i like the matchup i, I like the matchup i like um much i like i'd rather see cody garbrandt versus sean o'malley for the same reasons that mo mentioned the the build-up is already there um, this is this would be Garbrandt's second fight, right? At this weight, no, 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 no. He'll be moving back up to bantamweight. Yeah, he'll be going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my bad, my bad. Because like the Kai Kara was at a lower fight, lower rank. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I would, I would like it a lot more. I, w- I want to see Frankie personally. Like, um, the only if Frankie still wants to do it, I'm, 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 I'm I want to see it. I'm cool with it. I'm fine with uh, um, him keeping the, keeping it going as long as he wants to, but if I'm picking, I would rather him. I'd rather not. If it's up to me, if it's up to me, I would rather see Cody and O'Malley over, obviously, you know, Frankie and O'Malley. But at the same time, look, that's his life, dude. Like I don't, I don't care. I ain't paying your bills, and you know what I mean. It is what it is. So. Moving to moving straight on with um, Cody Garbrandt. I mean, Kai Carr looked fucking phenomenal, and those city kickboxing boys are building like a resume, man. Like they they they're getting they, they seem to be building stars at every single level. You got the obvious champion within um, Israel Adesanya, the middleweight king right now. Um, but Kai Carr is making a push. So that the, the way he did he took he. Just walk right through Cody Garbrandt. I mean, that was damn. That, that was as close to perfection as you can get. So he's gonna move up. I, I believe he's what definitely deep in the top ten now, close to the top five at least. I don't think he moved anywhere, unless the the rankings was different. Well, I haven't checked the rankings, so I'm not gonna verify that but he's number six currently at uh flyweight 
If he's number six and he didn't move, I guarantee you his stock still took a nice jump by getting such a decisive and impressive win over a guy like Cody. Where, who, like, I mean, everybody that watches him, like, in his past fight, few fights, Mark just mentioned it. He might, might think he's a little bit chinny, but he's dangerous. Like, he can still, even though he's been knocked out, he got the kind of um, power that you got to respect. And he's a, he has the ability to put anybody's lights out and the bantamweight are lower for sure. But, like, he's he's on a, he's on a streak, not a good one. He's unranked currently. It's very, very hard fall for a champion. Former yeah. champion, unranked. Very hard he, fall. He fell off a steep cliff after his phenomenal win over Dominic Cruz. That was his peak, probably. Yeah, that was his absolute peak. I will never take that fight away from anybody. That was one of the most beautiful performances ever against a very, very difficult champion. And, man, I had high hopes from from there on, but I don't know what happened, but he lost his chin somewhere. And he just, no matter how far into the fight he is, he just gets touched and he's down. Can't argue that, because that's been, <laughs> I mean, outside of, uh, who was it? Was it Munoz? Who, who, who did he get the last second, like, right hand? Sun Tso. Sun, a sun style. Yeah. That's his best moment in the last how many years? Like, I mean, how many fights? It, it's, it's, it's been a, like Mark said, it's been a steep fall, fall from grace. UFC 269 had some, some great action, though. Um, Nor- Poirier versus Charles Oliveira was the main event of that card. And I'm purposefully skipping the co main because that had an even bigger moment, but Oliveira and Poirier, damn. Uh, if you, I, I picked Oliveira in this one because I, I just think that there's certain times in people, people's, in fighters' careers where it's just their time. I feel like it's it's his time. Like he, he's had his moments in his career where people thought, you know, he's maybe a, he's a quitter. And I think he's evolved to a point now where he is just that, he's that guy. He's the guy to beat at 155 pounds. How long will he stay the guy to beat? We don't know. Remains to be seen, but I feel like he matches up well against everybody in 155 with his skill set. He's equally as dangerous standing as he is in the grappling exchanges, and that's that's a lot to say given that he's such a sniper. I think he owns the most UFC submissions in the history of the sport. So, like... um. I can't say enough praise about him. I'm happy that he gave me the dub for picking him. But Poirier, man, this is two title fights in a row where he's come up short. So it's starting to be a little bit of narrative painted around the Louisiana. I, I love him. He's, he's a native of my hometown. Not hometown, but home state. So I, I get a lot of love for Dustin Poirier. But I didn't pick him in this fight. I thought that Charles had an edge, and he proved me right. Yeah, Charles definitely had an edge on this in this fight, on especially on the ground. But he was hitting him with some good strikes, and they had some good exchanges in there too. I don't want to really push that narrative on Dustin just yet. 
I don't think he's in cowboy status yet. Old school cowboy. Where he's just going to look like a world beater other than title fights. But, man. Because I think he's right there. I think he can win one or two. And he's right back at challenging that for that title again. But, it was a rough one. I thought Dustin could overcome. Probably knock him out. But, nope. Charles proved me wrong. He wasn't quitting in that fight. Yeah, I'm just looking over Charles's uh record and career in the UFC. It's like, dude, he don't lose to nobody that's bad. Like his all his losses are to like top notch competition. Like his last loss was to what, Paul Felder. I mean, he got knocked out. But then after that, he put on this this streak that he's currently on, and it's crazy. In that streak, he's only got one decision, and that's because Tony Ferguson doesn't understand what happens when your arm is broken. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Dude, he's finished every single opponent he's fought since what? What, what year? June 9th, 2018. Wow. It's 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 not like this sub 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 KO KO sub then Tony Ferguson happened decision then KO sub like seriously this guy he leveled up somebody somebody put it in I'm like look man you gotta you gotta do this ain't no more quitting you because he lost to all the good people already and that just made him better. If you think yeah, about like it. one of the names I look at on that list, I mean, Cub Swanson, that was a big one, got knocked out by Cub, and then he got T- you know, got the um, TKO on Felder, ground and pound, after, you know, he had Felder, he had Felder in a compromised position, Felder was able to get out of it, and then we, the rest is history. Um, but I, I don't have nothing but praise for Charles. He started the game young, he got, and he learned on the job. He got he went through the fire and we got a champion out of that fire. So I got nothing but praise for Charles. I was do Bronx, the Bronx, you know, whatever he calls himself. This um this guy's a he's a he's a man. 32 years old, right in the prime of his career, right in that athletic prime for you for mixed martial artists, I think, from that sweet spot of 31 to about 37. That's like the seems to be the sweet spot for champions. He's uh he's doing his damn thing and he got my he got my uh got my praise. Poirier, I don't know if he's I'm gonna say he's washed. I wouldn't say he's a gatekeeper, but I am getting Derek Lewis vibes where he's good enough to just snuff out anybody that ain't championship material. So that sounds like what you would consider a gatekeeper. Um I, I feel like Dustin He's gonna. He's basically bodying most of the guys you put up against him up against. I mean, Khabib choked him out, but that's Khabib. Khabib's like you know, arguably one of the best to ever do it. And then Charles Oliveira just you know got his second title shot. Uh, he, he snuffed that second title shot out also with a rear naked choke. Um, 
Yeah, um, both the parallel that I see with both him and Derek Lewis is they both had two title shots and come up short in both. And in both instances, Derek and Poirier were just against guys who are, you know, like well, Poirier specific. I mean, Derek specifically, and we'll talk about him later because he had some moments um, at the end of this year as well. But Derek had, um, you know, he went against Darren, Daniel Cormier, and Daniel was just a superior grappler, period. Daniel's a much better overall mixed martial artist when it comes to tactics and it comes to straight-up wrestling and grappling than Derek Lewis is. And he was able to show that. And then Cyril Gaon completely outclassed Derek in the stand-up. Cyril's a better athlete, better stand-up fighter, a better overall mixed martial artist. And in that interim title fight, Derek came up short. So, um, and Dustin Poirier, like, you know, obviously Khabib came up short and then now against the, uh, Oliveira, he came up short in, in two tries. I'm not saying he's a gatekeeper. I'm, I'm, in fact, I think that he's, I know he's elite in this division and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see him t- challenge for a third title. Not at all. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him challenge again. I know Islam Makachev is on the, on the arise and he'll get his time. He'll get his shot. I don't see a situation where Dustin is – it's over for Dustin when it comes to the title picture. I think he'll get another shot. I also think Derek Lewis will get another crack at it. I mean, heavyweights, it's it's as deep as it's been for a while, but I, I see him getting right back up there, climbing the ladder again. Agreed. Both of them are, like I said earlier, Dustin's only one or two away from putting his name right back in the hat for a title shot. And Derek Lewis is the same. He's already proven that, you know, he could fight for the title as a backup right now. And, you know, so there you go. They're exactly the same situation. It's interesting because somebody that we didn't think would be challenging for a belt anytime soon, given that she had both the women's 135-pound and 145-pound straps. She's uh, widely considered to be the GOAT when it comes to mixed martial arts for women. And UFC 269, we saw a crazy upset with Juliana Pena taking on Amanda Nunes and Juliana, Juliana Pena the Venezuelan princess absolutely taking it to Amanda Nunes in what could be the biggest upset in mixed martial arts history. I can't think of many times where there's a, a underdog that big and a, a absolute decimation of the champion. Like she pretty much walked. Nunes had one moment in that fight where she looked like Nunez, where she caught Juliana and, you know, made the, made the fight remotely competitive. Other than that, it was all Pena in the stand-up and in what was the brief moment of it being a, on a, a ground fight, Pena took her back and choked her out, uh, choked Nunez out. Obviously, she's going to get a rematch. They're going to run that back. The division is um, fairly shallow. And, you know, this is a, that was a huge upset. But Nunez didn't look like something. Didn't, that didn't look like Nunez to me. I, she looked, something was up. Like, she looked, 
I don't want to take any credit away from Juliana. Um, I felt like she was a live underdog, which, I mean, as live underdog as you can be for being, you know, that big of a dog. But she wanted that fight. She called her out. She talked about it all week that, you know, she really wanted that matchup. And she proved it. But Nunez definitely didn't look the same. Like She didn't look like the scary, fierce champ champ that she's been you know, in previous fights. And I don't know if it was more of Nunez just taking the fight to her and her not used to being in that spot where people would cower from her, you know, aura that she brings to the ring or was maybe something up with Amanda. Like maybe she, you know, was out of it. Check, maybe a little bit checked out, maybe maybe injured. I don't know. I All I have is speculation. But I definitely want to give credit to Juliana Pena for uh, she took it to her. Well, first round, Amanda Nunez looked like she was on point. It looked like just another walk in the park. Second round, it turned into a damn hockey fight. Just about like I don't know what the hell was going on. It was just like a slugfest, foam foam booth boxing, whatever you want to call it. And then next thing you know. Pena takes her back and chokes her out immediately. I was just like, oh, that's how this is going to happen? Like, no technique, no nothing. It just turned into a, a whole brawl, a scrap, straight up. Maybe that's the thing that, like, all the great ones that actually lose their title, what happens to them? Like, when Anderson Silva fought Weidman the first time, that man wasn't scared of him. Anderson was in there playing. Next thing you know, he's sleeping. So mm-hmm. that's what happens when these champions lose that uh, invincibility. And somebody's not scared. Oh, Connor and Aldo. I hate to say it, but it's true. Connor ain't see Aldo at all. He went in there, took one and gave one real quick. Done. So those guys with that uh, invincibility. That aura that they say that they lose as soon as they get in the ring, because that's how Amanda Nunez had it for a while. Look at uh, what was the tall girl with the tattoos? Drawing Megan the Anderson. Yes, she beat so many people before she faced her, and when she fought her, she looked like she ain't know what to do at all. Like it was her first fight ever. <laughs> but Pena, she cut that promo. Like if it was some WWE AEW stuff, and she were ready to go, all she needed was a uh, manager holding the microphone for her before they fought, and then they went in there and she got the job done, like how she said she was gonna do it, just about. So, I don't know if Amanda just is tired of being champion because you know that's how some of these fighters do it once they've been the champion for so long. The stress of Defending the belt over and over and over again gets to him. That might have been it. Or she just took Pena lightly. And I'm leaning towards she took Pena lightly. Yeah, I I definitely think that she took Pena lightly. I think that it's when you're that dominant for so long, you no longer have a challenge in fights anymore. Because let's be honest, she hasn't had a challenging fight since Shevchenko. And with that kind of streak and you're in 
you're at the top of two divisions where you're having no, not even a tough fight. I'm sure she slacked off on a couple of things. I think she probably took it a little easier, probably spent a little more time with her family. You know, she's a new mother, has a new daughter, and didn't really have much to worry about. She's She has plenty of money now. She's rich, rich now, so... I think she just slacked off, for lack of a better term, a little bit, and took Juliana very lightly, because let's be honest, Juliana didn't seem like she really deserved the fight that much, other than the promo she cut. So... I think that's what happened. But all credit to Juliana. Um, she toughed out the first half of the first round, and she, at the end of the first round, she caught this one combination of a straight jab and leaning her head over to the right a little bit and then throwing a, a hook. And you know what? That was the end of the fight. She just kept throwing that in the second round over and over again, and Amanda Nunes didn't know what to do about it. You know, she, she, uh, Juliana Pena gave all the hardcores, the hardcore fans of MMA a coal for Christmas because we got robbed of the Kayla Harrison and Amanda Nunez fight. Given it could still happen, but it won't be the same level of, I don't know what you want to call it, the same level of whatever. That it could have had as Amanda against Cyborg or something, you know. Now, since she's got another dent on the record or whatever, like she she's no longer champ champ. Either we gotta wait for this mega fight to happen if she wins the belt back or whatever. I don't know. But that could have been something great for the sport. I don't think it takes away. I think it makes it better. Because it, it, having Juliana Pena now as the 135 champion, it makes more matchups appealing for the women's division as a whole. Because I feel like Amanda Nunes being the 145 champ, she can still challenge Kayla Harrison at 145. I believe Kayla is – she competes at 155, right? Yes. Correct. So I think she can still have that, that big money fight with Kayla Harrison that adds another ticket – uh, it adds another big fight to the mixed martial arts ticket. And while Amanda does lose a little bit of the luster from um, her being champ champ status, she's still the one of the baddest women on the planet, period. So I don't think that's going to change much because she lost. Um, and it also still opens the window for a third Shevchenko fight. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's more meat on the bone now that she lost as opposed to it being less. And there's more matchups. She can obviously have the rematch with Pena. She can have the re rematch with Shevchenko. And she can have the new challenge with uh, Kayla Harrison. So I think um, her winning makes – it adds more to the plate than it does take anything away. Now, it may diminish um, some of her aura because she got, you know, beat pretty decisively by uh, – Juliana, Juliana Pena, but I'm going I'm to channel two UFC greats to see where this can go. And the first great I'm going to channel is um, GSP. And when he got upset by Matt Serra, that changed the course of GSP's whole career. He went from being 
this amazing prospect lost to one of the best welterweights of all time and and, and champions of all time and um Matt uh, sorry excuse me Matt Hughes to you know taking taking the title from Matt Hughes and the changing of the guard to getting upset by Sarah and then going on one of the best runs we've ever seen in the welterweight division up to that point. And, you know, a, a big upset loss like that can change a, a, a career. So will Amanda have that? It's yet to be seen. We'll, we gotta, we'll see just to be decided. She still, you know, has more fights and we'll see what, how her career can go. But another great I'm going to ch uh, channel as far as comparisons are concerned. Uh, I know I talk about John Jones a lot. I'm a big fan. But how good is he? That he's been, he was champ for so long, fought the best of the best for so long, and never got steamrolled. Like he never had a moment like GSP versus Sarah. He never had a moment like Pena versus Nunez, where someone just came in and beat the fuck out of him, took the title. Never happened. The fights that he had that were challenging, I mean, he had some lackluster stuff with OSP where it was kind of like, meh. Not quite greatness, but it was a title fight, and he won, I guess. And then he had the, you know, Reyes and Santos fights where they were like, nah, I mean, mm, close. But, you know, he still was able to do enough to get the nod. But again, like, never someone came in, beat the shit out of him, took the title, and, you know, had um, a change in the guard. Um. Gustafsson won. Still competitive in that fight, though. That's the only person that put it to him, in my opinion. Yeah. He did, that, but uh, even, if, even if you use that metric, right, you use Gustafsson one. Round five, John Jones was taking it to Gustafsson, and Gustafsson was on a fucking retreat. Like, that I, was... I, I feel that that was Gustafsson shot his load, and it was like, how is this guy still alive? Because you saw both of them after that fight. They Hospital. were both fucked up. Yeah. Hospital visits. Yes. Still one of the greatest fights of all time. Yes. Absolutely. It's a Hall of Fame fight, right? N not the I second so. fight, though. Not the second fight, though. No. Yeah, second fight proved that Jones Jones just took it to him. And I think, like like you said, like there does come a point in every champion's career um, where they, you, you're the man for so long and you feel invincible. You got you. You kind of start to take a slide back because you can't get better. Like you've already been the best for so long. Everybody else can only elevate to your level. There's nobody for you to like elevate up to. You basically just living up to who you already are and proving that you're the best still. All right. Before we uh go down a random road, like we probably will, talking about that stuff how they bounce back and whatnot. Let's move on to the last fight card of the year with Derek Lewis taking on uh, the brother of, what's the name? The How you say it? The caucus? The Haas? Dawkins. Yeah, him and his Dawkins. brother. His heavyweight brother. Dawkins. Yeah. Derek Lewis got the juice, man. If ain't for a title, he good. Well, he has the rare one punch eraser and we saw it again like i mean he's the knockout king he has the most knockouts in ufc history he's 
one of the scariest punchers in the game outside of the champion, Francis Derek. I mean, Francis Ngannou. Derek Lewis is one punch away from ending anybody's night on any given night. So he always has that going for him. He's tough as fuck. And look, he's a he's a fan favorite. He's 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 the kind of guy that no matter if he's fighting for a title or if he's fighting for a fight night headliner, all eyes are on him when he's in the cage because he will do or say something that's going to be memorable. You know, uh, after he won, he took off his cup and threw it into the crowd, right? Yes, and that <laughs> that fan tried to drink a beer out of it. He tried to do a, a cuppy. If that's he tried to do that, a cuppy. If that is that what we should call it, a cuppy. I don't think he was a. Uh, uh, never mind. I will. Let's skip subjects. <laughs> Wait. I think he liked Derek Lewis a lot. Would you? Let's play a little bit. Would you Lewis a lot? Would you rather do a cuppy or a shoey? Oh, shoey for sure. Shoey for sure. I, I even hocked the loogie in it, like straight up. Wow. Your shoe, my shoe, bro, all day. Hock a loogie, everything. I don't care. I ain't doing no cuppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both they're both gross as fuck. But I, I, I gotta I, decide with you, man. I'm, I'm I, I, shoe, I'd rather bro. do a. I'd rather take uh, some a random shoe than somebody's random. Not somebody, a specific person's balls. Yeah, uh, anybody. I don't care how hot they are. Anybody, bro. You know these nuts. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Nah, nah I'm good. I'm good. Um, you're right, Hard though. Pass. We went on that. I'll take the we shoey. Can, uh, we can do a shoey next week. I don't care. I ain't doing no cuppy. To be fair, I'm some chinillas or something, man. <laughs> some flip flops. I'll do some flip flops. No, I'm good. Seems very difficult, but uh... <laughs> I'm gonna drink my beer exactly. out of a fucking glass as usual. <laughs> I'm, can I'm I do straight, a dust bro. boot, a glass boot? Can I do that one? We in the middle like of a pandemic. I don't want to challenge my immune system anymore and I already put it through, so I'm good. No, I, but, it's good uh, for you. It strengthens your immune system. Yeah, I don't want to Derek much. though. Speaking of Derek though, what what's next for him, man? Cause yo, he he is in a tough spot. There's two really guys is. with no dance partner. There certainly Steve is. Steve and John Jones. Exactly. I would rather see him He's beating everybody else. Like, has he fought? He either welcomes John Jones to the heavyweight division or Stipe. There's nothing else. But has he fought Rosenstrup? Yes. He has? Yes. Mm-hmm. Victorious? Uh, Don't remember, actually. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure he was. I don't know if he fought Rosen. Did he fight Rosenstrup already? That's what I was asking. I don't know. I was asking. I, I, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. That's easy to remember that whether or not. I, I feel like they curious. did. It was just lackluster. Uh, for his UFC record, no. That's the only person I could see him fighting. Okay. Unless they give him a, a run back with Curtis Blades. Well, well, honestly, that, that I'd rather see Blades against Stipe if John Jones is going to still hold out. But you know how heavyweights go. They take like 
two years to get going again. At this point, I feel like it's put up or shut up this year for John. Because, I mean, he took a whole year to bulk up, you know, um, passed up on a huge fight and a huge opportunity to fight for the title. I think at this point, it's put up or shut up. Like, he's fighting at heavyweight this year, or I think it's – I'm pretty sure you can close the door on that, especially for him in the UFC. He might go somewhere else, but I think you can pretty much call it curtains, especially from the eyes of um, most fans. It's, it's kind of out, out of sight, out of mind. His last fight was in Vegas with his girl, so we, I think you can pretty much – Rap, put a rap on that. If you don't, if you don't compete at heavyweight this year, or this coming year, twenty twenty two, uh, yeah, I, I don't see much coming out of that. He's not getting younger, and yeah, I mean, he okay. has the name power to come back whenever he wants, technically. So that's not even true. But at the same time, I think like you know, it's put. I know it's for sure put up a shut up time for him. If he doesn't fight. The the winner of Naganu and Gone next year, then he needs to just take any fight he can because he no longer deserves a title shot at that point because he's waited too damn long. Uh, on the note of Derek Lewis, still though, it's like he's right there. I'd I'd love to see him fight Stipe. I'd love to see Stipe fight for the title, but with John Jones waiting in the wing. It ain't going to happen. Uh, so match them up. Rosenstruck is kind of interesting, but it doesn't really do much for Derek Lewis himself, other than he's just making laps around fucking heavyweight at this point. I like Stipe against Derek Lewis. I, I would I would like to see that fight, just because yes. it's a good matchup, I feel. Just because like I don't know, I don't know if Stipe would like use his wrestling in that fight. I think we would get a, like a good stand up fight, honestly. Unless he, cra- he gets cracked by uh, Derek Lewis and he's like, "Oh, whoa, man, I'm a firefighter here," and he puts him up against the cage and like, like fireman carry him or something. You know what I mean? Like something. See, that I don't needs even to know be if he can do it. Fight. That needs to be the next fight. He fought the police. Now he's got to go fight the firemen. Let's go. Oh my <laughs> God, stop it. <laughs> That Stop man it. Say, go up to the civil, go up to the civil servants. It's from um, my Popeyes, bro. For real. Uh, look, I, I, to, to close the door on this whole like speculation thing with uh, with Jones. Yeah, I, I like I like the matchups, but I will say this: he does have that same Connor automatic championship skip the line um, energy. Like he can basically just by his name alone. Legacy alone, needle moving ability alone, he can just pop in and be a title contender. Given the fact that he hasn't lost, he has no L's except for the obvious DQ, so he can basically skip the line at any moment. And if he takes a deal that they offer him, there's no way he's not going to be in the title picture whenever he does jump in. So he has that going for him. The only reason I want to see him versus Stipe is because I want to see him compete at heavyweight period, before anything else, just to see, you know, can he, I mean, bulking up, you can bulk up all you want. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to compete at that, that new weight, just like guys going down in weight class. That is just because you're the bigger guy doesn't mean that guarantees success. 
So I, I want to see him compete in general at heavyweight. But um, I'd be, I'd be capping if I said that he wasn't he wouldn't automatically get a title shot if that's what he wants and that's what the UFC wants because that's easy easy to sell. Um, we can since this is the year in and we did promise. We're gonna do a year end card on this one. We missed one. We can, I'm gonna give you the final. We we picked 25 fights. We missed uh, one though. As we missed one though. Crew. We missed one. Though. Talk about one more fight. One more. Wonder Boy who, and who, who we Muhammad. No, 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 no. We didn't pick this card, so we don't have to skip. We're not skipping it. I'm just giving. We didn't pick this card in our picks for the year. We did 20. Mm-hmm. We made 25 picks overall. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um. We we so we and uh, we have the final records. So give a shout out to my boy Mo. He finished fifteen and ten out of twenty five. That is the best record. Um, um, Mark finished twelve and thirteen. So he had one more loss than wins. Still a win. Still you know, barely below five hundred. But I slumped it. I went 10 and 15. I took a lot of chances. You know, it is what it is. I got the exact opposite record of Mo, but we picked 25 fights, and Mo had more wins than losses by a good margin. So shout out to my boy, uh, Mo ZP. He did his thing this year. Uh, we'll keep it going and bring it up next year, and we'll keep this thing going. We'll do much more than 25 fights in 2022. I can almost I can feel it now. Hold up. I got to give a speech for this one. Let me tell this dude named Sun Kim. <laughs> I was just the government name. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all my my uh picks that won us those fights. I know you probably won't hear this cuz you're busy over there walking down the street while I wash my car. Now nah, I'm just joking. All right, but yeah. <sighs> It was all coin flips. It was all coin flips. It was straight up coin flips. I can't even get in my uh Bovada account no more. So it is what it is. <laughs> we, we got some change well, on there. We can't we can't access it no more. It sucks. That was a big night for Pena. That's all I gotta say. I would have picked that one. Huge night for Pena. We might have came home with a couple of stacks. You know what I mean? We did. We did say that was a, that fight was going to be a, that Pena was a live dog, and I did bet on Pena. Yeah, we all, we, all we all did. We all did. We all did. We all saw I, that. I, bet, I, I didn't pick Pena for my um for the picks on the you know the show, but I did bet a little bit on her, just given that I thought she was a live dog. And man, we were getting what eight to one. Those odds were yeah, nuts. I, I, it's, it's same as uh, Holly Holm against Ronda. Those odds were nuts. Yep. Like, who can't bet I on took, seven I took, to one? I took, Pena, I took Pena in the points, and I'm happy I did. Like when um, those odds are so high for a title fight, you have to take those. Those Just, just throw a little something on it. What, what's it going to hurt you? 20 bucks? 50 bucks? What's it going to hurt you? Was it, it going to hurt 50 bucks to make, what, 300, 400? You get what I'm saying? That's all well and good, but most of the time you're just losing 50. Yeah. When it's that, I mean, you know, if you know, you know. You know what I mean? You ain't just gonna throw like fifty bucks on like some Patrick Cote against Anderson Silva or something. If you know I feel the, the, the big dog has a shot, then yeah, I'll go for it. If I feel they yeah, have a yeah, legit yeah. shot, 
But most but of the like time, said, you know, you know. Big of a dog for a reason. Like you know, you know. Yeah, I felt good about this one. Man, um, I wish I would have bet on Dillashaw when he fought uh oh boy the first time Burrell. Mm-hmm. Oh Ooh. wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that, that coming. I, I didn't think Dillashaw could do that. The brawl seemed so unbeatable at that point. Dude, he done called in a nuke and everything with the fucking win streak he had. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. 25. It's crazy. 25, 25 kill count. That was beautiful. Um, there there is another fight at this at the end before we go over the go to the end of the year review. Bully B took on uh Steven Thompson and man, he that was a bullying performance, bro. Like he, I guess obviously it's they, the, the blueprint for beating um, Wonder Boy has been set. I guess. I mean, Gilbert. I mean, was Doheno, Gilbert uh, Burns. He he showed like heavy pressure, grapple heavy, push him up against the fence, make it dirty, and you'll get the win. And that's exactly what um, Bully B was able to do. I mean, he put he pushed, he, he nullified all Wonder Boy's kicks and striking by smothering him and making it dirty, making it a, a grappling match. And that's all. I mean, it was pretty one sided in that. So, Mark, you have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's pretty much it. It's it's one sided, and unfortunately for. Wonder Boy, he was on the wrong side of it. Uh, this is really a story of Bilal Muhammad, though. Bilal Muhammad has came out as a legit contender after this fight. He is honestly in the mix. He has a couple people ahead of him as much as he wants to downgrade them. But uh, he is up there. And he actually has a chance at fighting for the championship quite soon. Maybe even next year. If Usman decides to fight as many times as he wants to or next year. Well, Muhammad moved up to number five, so he's a get he's either getting Gilbert Burns or Luke. Because you know those two aren't gonna fight each other. Which kinda messes up this whole top five welterweight division. So I don't think he's going backwards. I think he's going forward with his next opponent. And Gilbert Burns hasn't fought nobody. But Wonder Boy, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, victory. Both, both, both guys. That will be both yeah. guys' previous opponent. Luke lost to uh, Wonder Boy. So if they want to continue pushing Muhammad, they'll give him Gilbert Burns because I'm pretty sure Leon Edwards is fighting for a title next year. Kobe was probably going to be tied up, tied up with Masvidal because you can't make the Kobe against Usman three again. You can't. You just can't. And even if they do Gilbert Burns against Kobe, if Kobe wins that fight, they're not going to give him a title shot again. He's going to have to fight somebody else. So if I was the UFC matchmaker, I'll just leave Kobe and Masvidal for the ultimate fighter. Move it to ESPN so more people can watch it with cable. But I haven't uh, subscribed to ESPN Plus. Gilbert Burns versus Muhammad for the next number one 
contender spot and Leon Overs versus Kamaru Usman for the title whenever Usman is ready to go. Luke is without a dance partner, though. So, I don't know. He could fight Hamzat. He could fight Wonder Boy, part two. Try to get that run back. Because Wonder Boy said he's not retiring. Then you got Neil Magny That's out there. Name. That's hungry. That's another name that we didn't that we didn't mention. I mean, you just did, but what? Hamzat is a dark horse for that division to be a title contender in 2022 as well. Outside oh, yeah. the names that we didn't mention, he has been just he absolutely steamrolled everybody he's been up against so far at 170 pounds. And look, um, there's some matchups. Luke A's out there, Gilbert's out there. They don't have dance partners. They're not fighting each other. There's a, those are big names, um, and Kobe's Kobe's a name too. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of big matchups for him. The matchups to be had for Hamza Chimaev in 2022 that look damn good. I, I like I, all the three guys that I just mentioned. I would sign me up. We could get into this all day long if we just did like dream matchups for each division. That's a whole podcast in itself. If you want to do what uh, you said, Mosey, and have those fight matchups, I would love to see Luke versus Sean Brady. That's another one. That See, I stopped at a certain point with the rankings because I don't know how far back he's willing to go. I don't because think remember, he's that willing, but re- I want to remember, see. Remember, Sean Brady dropped down one? Oh, it's because fucking Muhammad jumped up five. Right. Okay, I was like, I swear he's ranked higher. I mean, they got him in the right spot. Same with Kiesa and everything. Neil Magny dropped down one. Wonder Boy should have been lower than where he was at, in my opinion. Wonder Boy is a great dude, though. But with Sean Brady, Sean Brady's one of those up and coming dudes, man. Be on the watch out. Like, keep paying attention. Another guy that's not ranked yet, that I'm surprised isn't in the ranking, is, uh, Rodriguez, the guy that just fought Kevin Lee. He got that big uh, chest tattoo. I don't know what it says, like 19-something. It's something. But that dude, he's nice. He's another guy. I'm not sh- too sure who Salikahov is. I don't know who that guy is. Muslim Salahakov. I don't know who he is, but I think Rodriguez should replace him. For that 15th spot. Okay, let's 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 move on, man. Let's move on because we could go all day with this these rankings and stuff with me looking at them. Well, look, um, we did promise that we'll do a, a you know a top three submissions, top three knockouts, and fighter of the year of the of 2021. 2021, we had some crazy action. I mean, we had a lot of we had a lot of memorable fights, a lot of memorable moments, some belt changes, some and steals, lots of things like and a lot of craziness. I mean, of the, that year, uh, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give one. I mean, we're gonna do three um, each. So I mean, we got a lot to pick from, but to me, championships. That's the reason why you're in it. I mean, this is this is the fight sport. I mean, this in this in this game, you're either doing it for the money or for prestige. 
I mean, it's that simple. Like, you want to be champion, do you want to get paid? Sometimes you can accomplish both. Um, you know, Jacare Souza is one of my favorite grapplers, one of my favorite UFC um, fighters to compete. And unfortunately for him, he uh, was on the losing end of one of my submissions of the year, my number three, Andre Munez. Munez? That look. Yes. Yes. That's that's yes. uh that's on, in my top three as well. This dude's like he's actually becoming like quite the he's putting on the show. He's like he's submitting everybody. So taking a mark to submit Jacare to me. I mean, obviously this is toward the end of um Jacare's career, but still like he's a submission ace and for to out submit another submission artist to me outside of a championship is obviously going to get that praise. Um, another one that I'm going to give um, shout out to is I'm going to give I'm going to give Brandon Marino his flowers from going almost getting from almost getting cut from getting cut to running all the way up to the title and now being an undisputed champion uh, submitting. Davison Figueroa, that's pretty big. I give him uh, a lot of credit for that real naked choke. That's going to get be number two in my top three submissions of the year. And last but not least, it took me a long time to hop on the Hamzat Chemaev train, but chicka 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 choo choo. I'm all in. I'm on. I'm on this dude's um, hype train. He bullied Jing Lang Lee. And got the rear naked choke submission. That's gonna be my number one some um, of my top three submissions of the year. So I got Munez, Munez. I guess I'm saying I want to. I don't want to butcher it. I'll say it right. Figueroa. Uh, I'm sorry, not Figueroa, but if he got subbed by Moreno, Moreno and Chimaev, top three. Tap okay. in, boys. Okay. Okay. My number three is the same one with you with uh Munoz and uh Jacare. That was a good that was yo, he took his arm home for real. My number two is uh Luke submitting Tyron Woodley mm. after the, the little firefight. We actually saw Woodley let it loose. And maybe that's why he's gun shy of the outcome of the fight. And I hope that's not the reason why he's so gun shy now. But in my opinion, the number one for me that I never saw coming was this heavyweight guy that submitted this other heavyweight guy that's known for his submissions. It's uh, I mean, he looks like his son almost, right? No. No, but uh, Tom Todd Todd Absinol, <laughs> the Frank Mir Jr. submitting Arvlaski. Hmm. And that's something I just didn't see coming, man. When was the last time Arvlaski got subbed? You know what I'm saying? Usually he gets knocked out. But either way, that was my uh, 
That was my number one. Todd Aspinall from where we're Canada, right? Canada. No, I think Aspinall's um, UK, right? I yeah. don't know where he's from. He's UK. I, I believe he's from the United Kingdom. Wherever he's from, that's my. Uh, once again, these heavyweights, man, you could pick them from a mile away. Another dude that's probably on the uh, come up for this uh, heavyweight division, but yeah. That was my submission of the year. Espinal choking out Arvlaski because usually Arvlaski, he's carried that uh, chin from the old days, getting knocked out by Pedro Hizzo way back when, when he had the hairy back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fedor Emelianenko and Affliction. Yeah, to him knocking out everybody he fought, but it's still, it's like he's glass cannon in a way. But yeah, that was my submission of the year, Aspinall over Oblosky. Mark, you want to tap in with your three? Three, um, I'm going to go with number three. I'm going to actually say Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill, taking his arm home. Mm. Paul Craig hey, taking I, that arm home. Because, I mean. Can I get an honorable mention? <laughs> an honorable mention? You can go ahead. Can you want honorable that? mention? Yeah, honorable mention. Yeah. Thank but, you. uh. Paul Craig and Jamal Hill, that's my number three because, you know, it's been a long time since I've been excited for a grappler like Paul Craig. And, you know, that's going to stand out a lot in the future for me. I'm going to go with, um, Jesus, I can't even think right now. I'm going to go with Chamaya versus Leach for number two, just because the Leach did everything he could to fight off submission after submission, but the Leach... Chamaya is just relentless on kidding him out. And the number one, I'm actually going to go on an oddball here and just say AJ McKee versus Darian Caldwell. Just because that shows that AJ McKee is ready for the t- the toughest and the top of the game right there with that neck crank. Amazing technique. Um. Wow, that's phenomenal that we got no recency bias with uh, Pena choking out Amanda Nunes for the title that happened weeks ago. No one picked that one. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive that we dug back, dug deep without looking to like the here and now. Mo, what was your honorable mention? It it was a uh, Jamal Hill getting his arm ripped off. And then they're only saying it was dislocated. That shit looked like it broke. Yeah. And that <laughs> never felt like a few weeks later, though. Like, he did. He really did. And I think he won that fight, didn't he? The comeback fight? Yeah. Yeah, I think he won the next fight after that. Like, yo, his arm was, was gone. And after that, he came back and fought again and won. So that shows you... That this dude's tough, and the light heavyweight division has potential in the future. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mark, do you have any honorable mentions? Any, any any fights that made it right outside of your top three? Brandon Moreno and Figueroa. Okay. That that's you know just a great story too, and him proving that he is champ. Um. He's like, I, I ain't having the run back of no draw or decision. But, yeah, that's my honorable mention right there. 
my honorable mention um, is going to be one that we didn't even mention at all. Like we didn't even no no one picked this fight, but I'm gonna give Islam Makhachev his flowers and you know for for the arm triangle he pulled on Drew Dober. That was that was impressive. I, I give I give um that was right outside of um the, the picks for me like out of my top three because I, I really I normally pick championship moments and obviously I did with. I did pick Moreno over Figueroa in a championship moment. I did not pick Pena over um, Nunez because that, that even though it was a submission, it wasn't that impressive. It was like such a quick tap, and it wasn't like anything of note from that department. But it was a huge moment and a change of title. But uh, Makhachev submitting uh, Drew Dober was right outside of that top three for me. Um, so that was my honorable mention for submission, top three submissions of 2021. We had, um, some knockouts this year, a lot of notable ones, yes. a lot of actually knuckle moments. Yes. And Let's I'm going to give you, those. oh yeah, we have a lot to choose from. I mean, 2021 was a knock, the year of the knockout. There was a lot of knockouts that year. We had one guy get crowned knockout king of this year. In the last card of the year with Derek Lewis getting that knockout win over Chris Dawkins. And that's going to be my number three knockout of um, 2021. A little bit of a recency bias. It was fresh on my mind. But also I'm giving a shout out to the guy who has the most knockouts of his UFC career in Derek Lewis. So I'm going to give him number three. Number two um, knockout of the year is going to go to Francis Ngannou. Knocking out Stipe Miocic and taking the title. I have a, I have a soft spot for title fights. I'm a leg. I like legacy. I like the give guys, you know, the their flowers when it comes to well, guys and gals, obviously, their flowers when it comes to winning those championship moments and moments and making. If you do something great in that, by like, I mean, getting the knockout, getting the sub, that's going to give you the nod for me. So I'm gonna give. Number two to Francis Ngannou, and number number one is going to go to somebody who I'm giving a lot a lot of credit to, and that's going to be the Nigerian Nightmare, Kamaru Usman, knocking out Jorge Masvidal. That's knockout number one going to be knockout of um, 2021 for me. I thought. Um, is to me not only was it the most impressive in my opinion, knocking well, him knocking out a very renowned striker in Jorge Masvidal. I was also there to see it in Jacksonville, Duval, USA, Florida. I was there to see it, and I thought that was one of the craziest moments of the year, knockout of the year, ashy knuckle moment of the year, in my humble opinion. So uh, with that being said, that's my top three. Number one, Kamaru um, Usman. Number two, um, obviously, Francis Ngannou. And three, Derek Lewis, Black Beast. Mo, what's up? Let me, let, me, let me on. Let me on. Let me on. All right. Number three. Like you said, we're your number one. I got to witness this in person, live. I was there. It was this, this little girl, you know what I mean, fighting this other little girl. And she kicked her in the head so hard. You know, the whole place went nuts. I'm talking about 
Rose, Thug Rose, knocking out Zhang Weili with that nasty head kick. Yo, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, my beer is going to fall over. That's number three for me. Now, number two. Number two. Number two might be a little. I don't know. So so was the spinning back elbow from uh, Yuri Projaka. Mm, mm, mm. That was nasty. Like we already knew this dude's crazy, man. That dude, yo, he headbutts punches. So that's all I gotta say. Who 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 headbutts a jab? Nobody, but him. Just He's got the satellite here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. But I, I really, I really like this dude. He's he's got a good style. He's a contender for sure. But that's my number two. Number one would probably be the the killing of Frankie Edgar against Corey Sanhagen. I'm pretty sure I said something other than that when we did our little uh, Twitter space the other day, but. After looking back on all these knockouts, man, there's so many crazy ones. Oh, no, no, no. I got, oh, okay. I got honorable mention, though. Wait, Barbosa, don't steal Mark Thunder. Let him yeah, get his top three and three of your mentions. But yes, Sanhagen against Frankie Edgar. The tiger knee to the face that sent Frankie on this losing streak. Yes. He's on a losing streak, right? Right? Yeah, he's on a losing streak. Yes, that's Corey Sanhagen said Tiger Knee, game over. And that was at like the beginning of the year sometime. I don't know when, but that was probably the sickest knockout technique-wise besides Joaquin Buckley's of last year that I've seen in a long time. That's my number one. Sanhagen against uh, Edgar. Tiger Knee. My picks are um, almost exactly the same as yours, except a little bit of a different order. I had, uh, for number three, I had Rose also, just because I did witness that. I remember jumping up with joy and celebrating with my boy Brian over there. And number two was actually the Joaquin Buckley back kick, because you just can't forget that. I thought that was this year. It was late last year. Are you sure? Yes. Check up. Check the date on ESPN thirty-seven. Okay. And then my number one was Corey Sanhagen with that flying knee to Frankie Edgar, just because that was deadly as fuck. It was like October. So, Mo, what, wait, remind me, Mo, what was your top three? Um, November. Again? Uh, uh, Sanhagen, Edgar. Projaka over Reyes. And Rose Whaley won. Okay. Um, 
Mo, what was that? What was that honorable mention? Barbosa versus Shane Bogo Burgos Burgos. So you say his name right? Yeah. With the delayed mm-hmm. reaction, like yo, mm-hmm. I'm not done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Mark, you need another one, bro. I'm telling you, that was gonna be my actual replacement. If uh, since Joaquin was last year, it was October. Mm. Um, my honorable mention is of last year. My honorable, my honorable mention really in my, in the in the space MMA space thread that we did um, on Twitter, I picked him to go as number one. I changed that obviously to give credit to uh, like the championship guys, but this dude gave me one. He had probably the best debut of twenty twenty one, and I'm giving my honorable mention for knockout of two thousand twenty one to Terrence McKinney. Who had over Matt? Was it Frivola? He had a seven-second knockout, like one of the quickest knockouts in history. Um, just barely missing the record. I think I think it's held by um, Jorge Masvidal in that division. Um, McKinney looked great, and I think he's one of the up-and-coming, promising fighters um, in the UFC. I mean, he, he made his debut, got a quick KO. He's a very big presence online. He's get gathering a fan base, and if you look at his fights previous to this, he he's a knockout artist. That's what he that's he that's what he can do. He can put your lights out. So, shout out to Terrence McKinney for my um, honorable mention. He was right outside of the top three. In fact, he only got replaced by Derek Lewis in the recency bias awards because Derek Lewis took over for Knockout King a week a couple weeks ago. So that's the only reason he. Barely missed my top three for knockout of the year. Mark, you have any honorable mentions? Well, uh, my honorable mention ended up becoming my uh, number one or uh, switched into my top three because uh, I was a little off on timing. Hey, man, that knockout was beautiful, bro. It was. I thought it was this year. I thought it was early, early this year, but uh, I was wrong. Well, you know what? I'm going to do a, uh, another honorable one because like this this dude should get some recognition for what he did uh, in 2021. But uh, Ignacio Bahamondes versus Roosevelt Roberts, the wheel kick, that was nasty. That was a nasty knockout. Like, I mean, that was one of those, you know, twinkle toe moments. And another, another one that I guess didn't get – in respect because we had so many repeats between us. I mean, we like the same fights. But Chris Barnett versus uh, Guillaume Volante, that wheel kick, that was nasty. Like, come hey, on. Hey, that's man. what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Oh, like, can, well, I I can I get one more? Can I get one more? Absolutely. I, no, I, no, I, that I, was I, the dude. Where, that was the dude. Where, where mentions that? No, that was the dude. That was the dude. That was the dude. I, I was like, what's his name, man? Out. Big Daddy with a fucking kick. Yeah. Two two heavyweights. Well, not two heavyweights. Sorry, two wheel kick knockouts that didn't get no respect from us. I picked all my knockouts were uh, punches. I took all the ashy knuckles moments. He I took had all the ashy knuckles. It was, it was all punches. I was like Kamaru, 
obviously uh, Derek Lewis and then Francis. Man. That was my top three. Bro. And then Terrence McKinney. Your toes. Also, well, McKinney was also a punch, and that was my honorable mention. So I took all the ashy knuckle moments, all punches. You could grab shit with your toes, bro. Same shit. Hmm? You could grab shit with your toes. Up on Rose. And I, I was I was this close to picking Rose. I, I am a sucker for high kicks, but I knew that between you or Mark, that was an obvious shoe-in. Like I knew that somebody was picking Rose. Who was there? I know. I was like, that's a shoe-in. I mean, all the emotion that all three of us had when that moment happened was just epic. We we can't get past that. Yeah, I was concerned about my beer more than anything. Mo, it works better when you drink it, bro. Put it inside. You ain't got to worry about it spilling, bro. Man, drink, drink it after. I had just bought it. The fight just started. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I literally got up, bullshit. went to go get the beer. And it was like, okay, I started drinking it. And then KO, I'm like, well, shit, oh, no. Since we're talking about big moments, I mean, let's – who, in your opinion, I mean, out of all the fighters that compete, that got the chance to compete in 2021, who do you give the fighter of the year to? I have one guy. I mm. picked him um, based off his – everything leading up to this year and how he finished the year strong. And I, he was, he won, he got a war for me already for knockout top three knockouts of the year. I'm giving fighter of the year to Kamaru Usman. Oh, uh, that's be, it's pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought he, I mean, he, event, he got the rematch versus Kobe looked good in that again. And him knocking off, knocking fucking, the, the juices out of Masvidal's head in Duval was already a huge moment. So that's two big, really big moments in one year. I gave I give uh, credit to Kamaru, the undisputed UFC 170 pound champion, welterweight, if you will. I give him the credit for Fighter of the Year. You got anybody, Mark? Kamaru would be my choice too. It would have been Dustin Poirier if he would have won the championship. You know, with those two fights back-to-back with Connor, and then, you know, fighting for the title. And I thought he was going to win that. He would have easily just slipped right up there. But with his loss, I have to give it to Kamaru, proving that he is the pound-for-pound great. I, I, I guess, like, the only... Since we, only, since we picked the same guy, I, the only fighter that I would give a lot of credit to uh, outside of those two... Well, hold on. We'll see if Mo wants to weigh in because me, both me and Mark pick um, Kamaru for Fighter of the Year. Do you have anybody different? You have anybody different, Mo? Uh, fighter of the Year. We, me I, and Mark I, both pick Kamaru. I mean, I'm a, a very biased individual. How? how why, did, why, did I guess? why didn't I guess? Yes, yes, yes. I'm always gonna go with Max Holloway, but no, 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 no. To me, this year, I'm I'm actually gonna steer in a different direction, even though I I do believe Max Holloway did have a great year. But to me, you guys going with a already proven champion. I'm going with a newly champion that's not the actual champion, and that's Cyril. Gone? Serial? My boy? Mm-hmm. 
We've been talking Cereal. about this guy since we began this thing. And he's proven himself literally to be the caliber of where he's at now. The true number one contender. And we got a big fight in a few weeks with him and uh, Francis to see who's the big dog. So we'll see what happens. But that's my pick. I would love to pick uh, Usman, but he's already proven. This guy, he's the, uh, what do you want to call it? Rookie of the year? I don't know. What do you want to call it? He's good. Serial? He's dope. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I thought you for sure going to go with Max Holloway, which I got no argument from me. Max is the man. But one guy I will give credit to for, you know, like a little honorable honorable mention type deal, if you will. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give Hamza some love. Cause I mean, coming back from like, you know, COVID and all the worries that we had all like from the layoff and all that, he's, he came back looking even like very impressive. He dismantled the leech and looked really good. So it's on his career is trending up from 2021 and beyond based off, you know, the action he put down in 2021. So I'm going to give him some love. I mean, it's like uh, the way I looked at it is like I wanted to pick guys that fought like more than twice this year. That's why originally yeah. I, I was biased with Max Holloway because the performance mm-hmm. he put up against uh, Calvin Cater at the beginning of the year and then the almost, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't even know if it won an award fight of the year with uh, Yair Rodriguez mm-hmm. in November. I don't know. That's two fights. Gone, he's had three fights and he's proven himself. He's fought top competition in the heavyweight division, except for the champion and the former champion. So that's why mm-hmm. I picked him. Well, I, I gave I gave the the reason I gave Kamaru the title for a fighter of the year is he had two difficult tasks. The first one was a rematch. He had a uh, closer um, decision win versus um, Masvidal. Mas- Everybody knew Masvidal had you know no time to prepare for that fight. He didn't have a full camp, and Masvidal basically got forced into a decision because he couldn't and obviously compete with the wrestling credentials of um, Kamaru Usman in that first fight. So the second fight, I mean, anytime you're champion, and you have a rematch. It's always going to be difficult. Having the same opponent, like the, I think the the rematches are a little bit tougher on the champion, given that the person who lost has a lot to, you know, they know what they have to work on, and the all eyes are still on a champ. It's like like it's just hard to maintain being the champion and fighting the same guy over and over. So I thought that was that gave him a pretty big leg up by not only beating Masvidal the second time, but knocking him out. And then he went on to fight Kobe in a rematch where that first fight was insane. He was able to get the TKO victory versus Kobe. Um, well, did he TKO Kobe or did he? Yeah, he did TKO Kobe in the fifth, right? In the first fight. It was a TKO. The first right? fight, yes, it was TKO. Yes. Correct. So he stopped Kobe in the first fight, but the second fight was even more um, – competitive than the first one and it ended up being decision win for him but like i said again i think it's really tough to fight the same guy 
back to, I mean, in a rematch for a title. And I think Kobe is so evenly matched up with Kamaru that 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 fight, man, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised when it's all said and done if they fight more than one more time. Because, like, Kobe is, I think he's the second best guy in the division right now. So if he, you know, put together a couple more wins, who, who's to say he won't fight Kamaru again? And who's to say he won't win? I mean, I think Kamaru's a better guy, but as we know with fights, man, it's like any given Saturday. Like you don't just because you're better don't doesn't mean you're gonna win every single time. And if you put the same guy against, you know, you look at I look at history of times when there's been trilogies. There's been some surprising fights on some of these things, like Junior Dos Santos flash KO and um Kane Velasquez. But over the course of those that trilogy, we saw Kane absolutely dismantle JDS. But just like I said, like any given night, who knows? Any given Saturday, anything can happen when the stakes are that high and you're fighting for a championship. So I, I just, who knows? <clears throat> I, I think Kobe will get back there. And who knows how that fight will go, given that both guys are so equally, um, such an equal matchup. Now, Kobe doesn't quite have that one-punch KO power that Junior has to shock the world in that manner. But, you know... All it takes is for Kamaru to not have a great camp, not be so motivated, not come in with an injury, and he can have a kind of the kind of fight that Amanda just showed, where she was just went from the scary dominant champion to she did not look like Amanda Nunes, and I don't see that from we didn't no one saw that I didn't see that coming, you know. So you never know what title fights, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe Covington and Kamaru Usman had some kind of crazy ass like series of seven, like basketball type shit, given that both guys are so evenly matched and that they're one and two in their respective divisions. Kind of similar to what I see with um Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them fight multiple times. That makes a yeah, lot of I sense. Agree. I agree with that. Kobe's actually calling for best of seven right now. So, look at him go. Well, the thing with Kobe, man, is if he loses any fight now until his next chance at a title shot, he's not getting a title shot. But whoever beats him might get that next title shot. Kobe is the person that everyone in that division should be calling out. Just because beating him is an immediate title shot. Period. That I don't know why no one's calling him out. Well, actually, I do know why no one's calling him out. Because he's a tough matchup. He really is. Fighting him is basically like fighting for the championship. So. Well, then that explains everything. It should be Gilbert Burns fighting Kobe Covington instead of the the dream TV show with Jorge and Kobe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jorge and Kobe only makes sense from a marketing standpoint. If you're talking right. about competing for the title, you nailed, you nailed it. That, that fight, that fight um, with Gilbert versus Kobe, that makes the most sense to me. Um, the only, only fight that I can see outside of that, out of outside of maybe Gilbert 
Um, and Kobe, like a, another matchup that makes a lot of sense for Kobe would be Gilbert's teammate in um, Vicente, Vicente <laughs> Luque. Like, I think that would be another good matchup. But at the same time, I think a, a, another reason why Kobe's name isn't getting called, because a lot of these guys just don't like him. So they don't want to give him any press. Although I, I agree that he is a tough matchup for anybody in that division. I, I already said that I, I, I think that he's uh, 1B in that division. So I, I think he's obviously, if, you, if you're one of the best guys in the division, you're going to be a tough matchup. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how that does play out, though. Because, I mean, they, somebody got to sign on the dotted line. Somebody got to fight. And I feel like I agree with Mo when he said that, you know, Leon Edwards should be next in line for the title shot. But he ain't signed nothing yet. There's no, there's no um, deal. He's got, he's without a dance partner, and he's you know, you know what number one now? Where's he ranked? Where's Three. where's Leon ranked? Three. Three. Yep. So who knows? I mean, there's the possibilities are endless with that because that we got a bunch of contenders and no and no dates. Got a lot of dances, no dance partners. Everybody got their back on the wall. Dance floor is open. Music playing, but everybody back on the wall. Somebody got to step up and uh, ask for a dance partner because it takes two. 2020, 20, 2021 was a pretty whatever year in real life, but in, in the fight world, we had a great year. I think um, – a lot of memorable moments, like we said. We picked some really good ones. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys? In what the year would, that was 2021? Do y'all have a favorite fight card of the year? Oh, yeah. Duval. And for me, that's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Like, yeah, I was, was going to say the, the one we went to. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville was amazing. Because we, we literally watched it from beginning to end. Yes. And because it was the first, I guess you could say, fight with fans in the arena, it was just nuts from the opening fight with those two ladies. They just came in there. They walked into the center and just started throwing punches at each other like somebody stole their cookies or something. I don't even know why they did that, but I was like, oh my God. It was like all the Chinese people were just getting fucked up that night for some odd reason. I don't know what it was. It must have been jet lag or something, but man. Rongchu or whatever. Rongzu? What was his name? What was that dude's name? Mm-hmm. That yeah, was the only yeah. dude that won, right? And then you had the... What was that dude's name? Mongolian serial killer or something like that? Mongolian, Mongolian murder? Yeah, that Mongolian dude. Murder. Like, yo, I never heard of them ever, but yo, they put on some performances, and it was. We know now. They they were definitely playing up the crowd. They were they were feeding off our energy because it was, it was crazy in there, being back for the first time. It was electric in my country, the country of Florida, the Republic of Florida. It was beautiful. We we needed Dana. I know you ain't listening, but if you are, bring it back. We need you back in Duval, baby, because you made some moments, some memories for us. Uh, it's right in my backyard, and as long as it's in my backyard, I'm always going to big step out there. I'm going to step out. I'm going to be out there, be in the crowd, be 
you know, in that in that number. But this this did inspire me to want to check out more events. So um, this was that was you know my first live event. Um, it was I had a great time, and that card was stacked, and it lived up to its um, it lived up to the names, all of, all the big names. Everybody came came up, came out, and sh- they you know they showed up. That was beautiful. I want to see it again, whether it be in you know my country or a different one, different state, different city, whatever. I want to sit there with my boys and watch this again. So I, I think that this was a slam dunk. I, there's no way I'm picking any other fight card besides UFC Duval. The Houston one was pretty good too, though. The the week after, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I say mean, honorable mention two sixty eight. That's Usman Covington too, but that had like Rose Whaley too, and obviously Chandler versus Gaethje on there too. So oh, those would I, be my top two. I wish we could have watched that live. That would have been amazing live. Yeah. There was a big event that day, that weekend. I would have got thrown out the door for that one. <laughs> Mo, did you 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 which which card did you pick for uh, twenty for card of the year? Oh, definitely Jacksonville. Okay. But if they come I mean, back look, to Florida, Orlando's good too. too. Not even not even with no owner recency bias shit. Two sixty nine was dope. That was yeah. a good ass card. December. Yeah, the, the last December was a good one too. Year. That that one, that one was that probably the most loaded one. Minus the uh, what fight got taken off of uh, that one? The Masvidal and Leon Edwards. Imagine if that was on there. I'm not right. going to say otherwise. That that might it, well that might that might um you know take over one of the fight one of the cards we picked. If that fight mm-hmm. was still on there, right? Who knows? Because there was some crazy shit in this card, like. We saw Oliveira, you know, solidify himself as the undisputed champ. We saw Nunez get upset versus, you know, Juliana Pena. We watched Cody Cody Garbrandt get sent to the shadow realm. I mean, <laughs> O'Malley, I, I jumped on the O'Malley train. I think Ige got robbed. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Ige got, got lot, robbed. We got a lot of opinions about that one. There was a lot of that. That card was that. I had a lot of emotions. That card. I was um like I said. I was I was on the edge of my seat. I was out of my seat. I was on the floor. My jaw was on the floor sometimes. Like it was that that card was that was a good one. And that's not on the recency bias thing because I had time to calm down emotionally and just literally review and look at the names and look at how the fights played out. So I thought two sixty nine was that was damn good. The only reason it can't come close to Duval is because, I mean, I was there. And that fight was, that car was equally as um, crazy. We had some, I didn't expect Masvidal to get slept and sent to the fucking gulag. Nobody I, didn't, did. I, didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think Wei Lee would do what she did. To, I mean, what would get done what happened to her. I didn't see that coming. Like, that was... A lot of leg breaks, too, that night. Hmm? A lot of leg breaks that night, too. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris Wyman broke his his shit. Didn't the other dude uh, hurt his leg, too? 
Uh, Jimmy Crute had a ankle or a nerve issue. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I see, and this, this meat that I'm leaving off the bone that like I didn't even I'm even considering for the the, the reasons I picked it. Then yeah, that was, was such man. That was a that was a card, Shev- man. Shevchenko just bopped uh, Jessica Andrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got bullied. Surprise no one. Next year, though, we got a lot of good fights up and coming. She didn't get any mentions for fighter of the year either, and that's that's pretty interesting. That she. Well, when you talk about female fighter of the year, I think that, in my opinion, easily goes to um, Rose. But Shevchenko, if she had tougher comp competition, maybe she would get it again. But. uh that fight of the year between Whaley and Rose, too. Yeah. That was a good one. Can't really deny it. Do you think it's um, the fact that she doesn't have any competition or that she has competition, but she's just above them all? Like, the, the fighters she's going up against, I don't think they they suck. Like, I could say that about 135 or 145. But I don't know about 125. I think 125 has talent. I agree. They're just not... She hasn't had that that problem that we were talking about with Nunez, where she's so dominant on everyone that she is slacked off. Her, her that's, mindset... That's personality. That's personality. Yeah. That's individual. Like, that's what I, I was think, about um, to say. They both, have, they both steamroll the comp. Yeah, they both steamroll them. The difference is... You could see Amanda Nunes almost like believing her hype a little bit more and more. And Shevchenko, even though she knows she's better than everyone, she's just like, how can I embarrass them even more? Is her mentality. Yeah. She's, a, she's ice cold, bro. Like, she's ice cold. I think she's in control of her emotions more than, obviously, I would say Amanda is. I think she's... A, a, just a contract killer, bro. You sign it up just to get Merc. You know what I mean? Like she's like, who I got? This this the next girl? Okay. Target acquired. Sit, sit, put her inside the cage, and I'll put. Your, I'll give you her head on the pike. She's um a cold. She's cold. She's stone cold. Mm-hmm. I love her. She better watch out for uh, Halle Berry. Every match is gonna be serious. <laughs> <laughs> She better watch out for me. <laughs> don't don't go train in Jacksonville Pokemon, again. Pokeball at her. Don't don't go train in Jacksonville again. When you come back to Smiley's, come on back, come on back. <laughs> but not with her. I I really think that if they don't ink a deal with Nunez against Pena two, you know what I'm saying? We might get uh, Shevchenko Pena two. And that's Ooh. that's crazy Champ, for uh, for Shevchenko. Mm. I don't mind that. What 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 are the odds that Shevchenko could be the one and only triple champ? If let's say hypothetically speaking, she takes a fight with uh, Juliana Pena, beats Juliana, then challenges Amanda at forty five, beats Amanda. How would that, how, first of all, 
how crazy would that be? But second, what plane does that then put her on? Like that puts Shevchenko far and away as the GOAT in my eyes. Because I'm like, right now, there was always a little bit of a, <clears throat> a little bit of um between for female GOAT, it was like, I see, obviously Amanda has the edge because she got the two wins over Shevchenko, but Shevchenko's still so great that it's still it's still a a debate. But if she were to go out and get get the title from Pena, that would already elevate her past Amanda in my eyes. But however, if she beats Amanda, that not only elevates her past, um, obviously past Amanda, but then she's great, period, regardless of gender. She got three straps, and that's unprecedented. So I'm like, regardless of gender, that's the best fighter uh, all time. She would be called Trinity after that. The Trinity. She would be the one. Mm-hmm. Not alluding to the Matrix, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Bro, I would liquidate my crypto account and buy a ring and propose to her cold. Before, not even meeting her, just cold. So like, like say, I don't know you. I've never met you before. But like, that's cool. Um, will you? Yes, no. Yes or no? Circle Straight here. <laughs> well, how how gross would it be? She like mm, maybe, <laughs> possibly. What? No, but you, honestly, you she's me, got a lot of competition fight. if she moves up in weight. If you beat me in a fight, I'm like, fuck, uh, I, I guess we're not getting married. I think it does make it more interesting for Shevchenko to go back to 135 now that Pena's the champ. I always wanted to see Amanda Nunes versus Shevchenko again, but I think it loses a little luster with um, without... Uh, Nunes being the 135 champ. But now, if she can move up there, beat Pena for the championship, and then rematch Nunes, I would love to see that happen. Let me paint a picture for you. Let me paint a scenario. The year is 2022. Okay? Valentina Shevchenko KOs Juliana Pena to take the 135-pound strap. On the exact same card, Kayla Harrison gets KO'd for the 145 strap by Amanda Nunes. Shevchenko walks back into the lock from the locker room and stares at the cage, rubs with both belts, <laughs> taps her chest and goes, points and puts three fingers up, points at Amanda Nunez. You know what I mean? That'd be great. I think Thanks. that would be uh, that would be fucking epic. That's some that's some anime shit, bro. Some like straight out of a cartoon, straight out of a Japanese like folklore type shit. And the winner of that yeah, fight has absolutely no doubt that they are the greatest female fighter of all times. Absolutely, no doubt. No doubt in anyone's mind. Triple chance? That would be a... That might be greatest fighter ever. I, I, just, I, I agree. I feel like if she... If if she pulls it off, if... um If Amanda pulls it off, then Amanda's definitely female GOAT. 
However, if Shevchenko pulls it off, she's not only female GOAT, but she's GOAT overall fighter, period, regardless of gender. I think she would take that crown. And that's not because I love her. That's because she owns, like, she will own every single, she will own accolades. I mean, she will own accomplishments that men couldn't even touch. Like having three belts, three different weight classes, and, you know, fighting, um, obviously, some ridiculous competition and going against arguably the other only person you can put as the female goat three times. I mean, not any, no one can say that. Like, the only person that's even close is remotely is John Jones in D.C., but D.C. lost twice and they don't have a third because D.C. Excuse could be kind of considered up there. Excuse me. We already have a triple champ. His name is Henry Cejudo. Not in, not in, he, he only got three. Uh, he got one Olympic medal. Not three. Hey, he, championships. he is very possible to, to gain a featherweight title, though. I, I'm here for it. I think he, everybody would be here for that. He can do it. Where, um, he, he's training with Figueroa and Jones. They're in the same yes. camp. Yo, mm-hmm. seeing him train with John Jones is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Because it's yeah. like. It's like two spectrums, bro. It's the bottom together, to the top. Still shorter. What's up? It's like the lightest guy versus the heaviest guy. It makes no sense. It doesn't. I mean, what? you used to have John Dotson training with Arlovsky all the time. But I don't think they're like, I don't think they're you know? Look, I don't think they're sparring. They're they probably are. No way. They're sparring. They're sparring, bro. No way. They're sparring. No, they're probably not sp- sparring. There's no way they're sparring. Sudo ain't B.I.G. He ain't ready to die. Which you do got to remember, though, Cejudo did give uh, Wei Li high-level wrestling in a couple months. Yeah, but I, I think, and while I think he will sharpen, um, he can sharpen Jones' credentials by, like, I mean, tech, just adding some technique insight that maybe he doesn't he doesn't have already. Um, Figueroa is there too. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I think iron, iron sharpens iron and greatness does like rub off. So you having three champions in the building, that's a big deal for any camp, especially guys of that caliber. I should, I should I'm curious to see how this turns out. Cause I want to see, I mean, obviously that division has blown up too with Marino taking over the strap and then they, they got some, there's some up and comers now. I mean that where where that division was almost dead. Now it's 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 legitimate now. That's how I feel about 135 for the women's too. I think it gets revitalized with Pena as the champ. As long as Nunes doesn't come back and win the title again, it has all kinds of new energy in there. Oh yeah. About that life, you guys ready to call it? Yeah, um, I want to say one thing before we actually call it though. I want to say thank you to both 
my co-host, my boy, Mosey P and Marky G. Thanks for a memorable 2021. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for being, for doing this thing together, man. And it's been beautiful. Let's uh, toast to the the new year. And you know what I mean? Let's, let's get another one. It's been, it's been, it's been beautiful. Well, we had to get it started and that was the, the hardest part really. And we did it this year, finally, after years upon years of talking about it. It took a pandemic for us to, like, get it started, right? What better time when we had nothing but time? Oh, wait, wait. The pandemic didn't start yet. At least I don't think it did. It started. It just wasn't in full bloom yet. It was just still in China. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was about to blow <laughs> no, up. No, 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 no. It had already started because we did it this year. I'm I'm tripping. I'm still thinking it's 2020. It's a whole year later. You're right. Uh, so we was in pandemic shit, but we decided to start it finally. But yes, it's been a beautiful year, and hopefully next year will be another one where we can have nothing but growth. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Better late than never. I mean, hey, we have been here, boys. Well, yeah, on that note, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it out. La, 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 la,